Welcome to Shadowproof. I am your host, Todd Callahan. You can follow me on Instagram at Pastor Todd Callahan. You can connect with me online through our church app under Ignite Church VT. You can look us up online as well at ignitechurchvt.com. I want to talk with you on this podcast about something that is not truly being discussed. It's not really on the forefront of everybody's mind right now in this culture, um, in this in this generation, and it's dreaming again. Jeremiah 29 Verse 10 says, For thus says the Lord, when 70 years have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you and fulfill my good work to you to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you search for me with all your heart, I want to release a word to you on this, in this podcast, in the middle of a virus, a political discourse. I want to tell you, none of that changes anything. In this text in Jeremiah, we, we eavesdrop on a conversation that Jeremiah is having with God's people. God's people are trying to cope with a potential catastrophe. And the audience, who happens to be Israel, has been defeated by Babylon, deported out of their own homeland, and and to a place that was designated for those in the middle of Babylonian captivity. So they've been arrested with anxiety. They've been seized with stress. They've been undermined by uncertainty. And in the midst of their wrestling, they get a word from God through Jeremiah. God will usually give you a word in the middle of stress, in the middle of anxiety, in the middle of some of the greatest Uh, moments of tension in your life, God shows up and reveals to you something brand new. Because understand, they've been cut off from all of those that they love, disrupted from a life they've been accustomed to, unsure about how things will be in the future. But in the middle of this, they hear the prophet has something to say. So can you imagine how excited they were when they hear he's got something to say? Because in the midst of seasons of suffering, I think many people, if not most people, want to know Does God have something to say? And I think over the past two years, God has been speaking. God's been saying something. God's got something to say for our future. God's got something to say right now for this culture. And it's your responsibility and my responsibility to hear the voice of God and get a vision for it and begin to dream again. You know, when my life is filled with fear and fatigue, I want to know, does God have something to say? When a virus comes in and disrupts life as we know it, we want to know. What is God saying? When stress, anxiety, and all of those emotions begin to infiltrate our life and impacts the intimacy of our family relationships, we want to know, does God have something to say about it? When we receive a diagnosis or a prognosis that's not positive, we want to know, does God have something to say? So can you imagine their excitement in the middle of a season of suffering that the prophet is coming? And so can you visualize them sitting on the edge of their seats, kind of filled with expectation, only to hear Jeremiah say these words, prepare to stay a while. Now, I want you to think about that as it relates to this pandemic. Prepare to stay a while. Now, understand, we've got several more years of the current president, the current administration, his cabinet. Several more years before, before any of that changes which means this narrative that we're experiencing right now. Did y'all see that now they're trying to figure out how to inject food 
spinach, broccoli, lettuce, all kinds of different things like that with the mRNA, with the vaccine. Y'all, we are facing something we've never experienced. We thought pesticides and all of those things were something else. Now they're saying, well, there haven't been enough people who've received the vaccine, so we're going to force them to do it by putting it in food. This is really where we're at in America. And now, if we look at the type and shadow of what we're seeing here in Jeremiah, they're saying to him, what do you mean prepared to stay a while? I want this to be fixed immediately. I need this to be addressed right now. This needs to be taken care of expeditiously. What do you mean prepare to stay a while? And God says to Jeremiah, I know you feel like you've been defeated. I know you've been deported. I know you're filled with anxiety, uncertainty, stress. But you need to go ahead and plant some gardens because you're going to stay a while. You need to build some houses because you're going to stay a while. He says, I want you to marry your children off because you're going to be here for a little while. This seems so insensitive, right? Uh, Until I look at this and I see that God's articulation through Jeremiah wasn't an expression of insensitivity. It was an expression of love. God is saying, I love you too much to lie to you. I love you too much to tell you what you want to hear instead of what you need to hear. And I know this is hurting, but prepare to stay a while. I know you don't like this season, but prepare to stay a while. He says, listen, I want you to prepare to stay a while because I want you to know that this does not have to end in order for you to win. My God, I feel that right now in this podcast studio. He's saying, I want you to know that this does not have to end in order for you to win. And I want you to know if you're listening to this right now, you don't have to wait for this whole governmental system to quiet down and for this COVID pandemic to go away, for you to dream again, for you to look into your future and get a vision for your tomorrow. You can dream again right now. And see, God is telling them, if if I needed to end this in order for you to win, I would end it. But I need you to prepare to stay a while because I'm going to show you how I'm not just a God who just gives you victory from it. I want to show you that I am the God that gives you victory in the middle of it. So let me ask you, if there's anybody listening to this podcast that can testify with confidence that God is giving you victory in the middle of it. If you would have told me we would have, we would have to survive a global Uh, pandemic, have our work futures disrupted, be stuck in quarantine at times, go outside and, 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 and with masks and have to go into grocery stores with masks and businesses with masks and some people separated from their church family, all of that for months and months and still be sane in your membrane, still have some sort of, of serenity and peace in your mind then I can tell the devil and haters, you can't make me doubt him because I know way too much about him to doubt him. I have seen God show up way too many times to doubt him in the midst of anything. My wife and I are figuring out what we're going to do. In just a couple of weeks, she's facing losing her job. I don't doubt God because I know in the middle of it, he's going to show up and produce something above and beyond anything we could ever think of, hope of, or imagine. God's going to show up. And in this passage, he says, prepare to stay a while, but don't doubt. This doesn't have to end for you to win. And there are seasons and situations where we beg God to let it end. And we may not have been to Babylon physically, but we've been to Babylon metaphorically because Babylon represents defeat. 
And all of us have dealt with, or we do deal with and have to deal with some degree of defeat in some area of our life. When you feel like you fought something, but you lost. And I know we don't hear testimonies about that because we don't often testify about our losses, only our wins. But, but I want, you know, I want to know if there's anybody listening who can't admit you've taken some losses and God's shown up in some pretty powerful ways. There are some times we fought not to say something, right? Especially in this, in this crazy political climate right now, where sometimes you just have to fight not to text somebody something or, or not to post something or, or not to tell somebody off. And, and something inside of you says, don't text it, don't say it, don't do it. And let's be honest, sometimes we don't listen and we take a loss. And then we look back on it and say, boy, I really, I, I really should have listened to the Holy Spirit. I really should have allowed the discernment of the Holy Spirit to, 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 to lead me. And I, I know I shouldn't have said that. I know I shouldn't have done that. And there are times where we fought not to do something and we took a loss. And there are times where we fought to overcome temptation and we took a loss. There are times where, you know, we're coming at the end of the year where we've made New Year's resolutions and you took a loss. But God uses this story to tell you and me, just because you took some losses in the battle doesn't mean you are going to lose the war. Now, we've taken some losses in this nation. You may have taken some losses in your business. You may have taken some losses economically, financially. You may have taken some losses in your circle of friends over decisions that you've made, maybe even in your family. But just because you may have lost the round doesn't mean you're going to lose the fight. And I need somebody to testify that the fight isn't over. You may have lost a couple of rounds, but as long as you have breath in your body, you have enough in you to keep on going. So you've got to begin to dream again. You've got to begin to trust God again. You've got to begin to get a vision for God's preferred future for your tomorrow. You are not going to be defeated by all of this political garbage that's being spoken throughout the airwaves and that's being put in front of your face on social media. Get a dream for your future. Get a dream for your tomorrow. Get a dream and allow God's preferred future for your life to lead you and guide you and bring you into a season that you've only been uh, believing for in previous seasons. Believe for that now. Trust God to show up right now when every other place in life, every other place in history would point to this moment and say, you probably can't grow that business right now. You probably can't do that thing that God's tugging on you to do because look around you. Well, that's the problem. So many people are looking around them instead of looking to what God's called them to do, right? So Babylon represents defeat. But here's another thing. It also represents deportation because these people got deported from the place they wanted to be in to a place they didn't want to go. Is there anybody listening? You, are, you ever felt like you've been deported where you were at a place of peace, but now you've been deported to a place of anxiety. I was at a place of, un, of, of certainty, but, but now I'm in a, in a season of uncertainty, some sense of worth and direction, but now a place of lack and direction. Some people were in a place of joy, but they got deported to a place of sadness. And in the midst of being defeated and deported, God says to these people, I want you to prepare to stay a while. I love you enough to tell you the truth and be uncomfortable enough with the truth that you need to adjust to opposed to being comforted by a lie that's going to blindside you at some point later on. The Bible says that God is not a man that he cannot lie. So when God is saying to them, you need to stay a little while, we have to have the faith to believe that as we stay, 
Habakkuk tells us, write the vision and make it plain so that those who see it will run with it. And though the vision tarry, in other words, you're going to have to stay a while. He says, though the vision tarry, wait for it, for it will surely come. And listen, for these people in this passage of scripture, a while was a long time. I'm talking 70 years. So prepare to stay. And he was so serious about his people operating in, in, in dimensions of truth. He told Jeremiah in chapter 27 this. He, he is saying not to listen to prophets who are emotionally articulating things to people that excite them emotionally, but do not prepare. Do not prepare them realistically for a reality that they're going to have to learn to live with longer than they really want to. And in Jeremiah 27 verse 9, again, he says, but as for you, do not listen to your prophets your diviners, your dreamers, your soothsayers, or your sorcerers who speak to you saying, you will not serve the king of Babylon. For they prophesy a lie to you in order to remove you far from your land. And I will drive you out and you will perish. He says, I love you too much not to tell you to put down your anchor. You're going to be here a while. But I'm so glad the prophecy didn't stop there. I'm so glad all he had to say was not contained within the confines of, of, of if you read this, I'm glad what he had to say wasn't just contained within chapter 27 and 28, that there's another verse in their, in their reality. And I want you to know there's a verse 11 in your future. After he tells them to, to prepare to stay a while, he says, but. He says, but I want you to know I've got a plan. You might be crying right now in your season, wherever you are listening to this podcast right now. You may be, be upset at the fact that you've taken some losses over the past two years. But I want you to know right now that God's got a but in your future because he's got a plan. You might be crying, but God's got a plan. It may not make sense to you, but he's got a plan. You might be hurting right now, but I want you to know God's got a plan. And he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and give you a hope. Don't miss this. He says, I know there are some things I promise you before Babylon. And now that you're in Babylon, you are probably incorrectly assuming that I can't perform what I promised. Do you know our church grew expeditiously over the past two years to the point to where now I'm having to talk to architects, I'm having to talk to engineers because we have to expand our property because of our, our facility, because of everything that God did over the past two years. While other churches were closed, we were pursuing the presence of God in a brand new way. We were pursuing the fire of heaven to move mightily in this house. And that's exactly what he did. There were other people sitting around saying they feel like they're in Babylon. We took it from the perspective that God was saying something, that God was speaking through all of the testing and trials. See, you think Babylon changes some things. He says, you are incorrectly assuming that my ability to perform my promises are based on the place you're in. We have to understand that God's power is not limited to the place we are. If I'm saying I'm going to do something, Babylon or not, he says, I'm going to bring it to pass. I'm not a man that I should lie. So why is it over the past two years? Why is it when we see everything taking place in culture right now, everything that we see happening politically, we say God's forsaken this nation. I've heard way too many Christians say because of the events of, of previous generations, God has taken his hand off of America. That is absolutely false. 
That's almost the same kind of cop-out where people walk around and they just say, God's in control, God's in control. They use that phrase as a cop-out so they can sit in their spiritual lazy boy and do nothing to impact the kingdom and just say, well, God's in control. Well, God's just condemned this nation. God has damned the United States of America because of everything that's happened. No, you just need to get up and begin to dream again. You need to get a picture of God's preferred future for your life. Get behind the plow and start toiling over some some, some fallowed ground. Start turning over some rocky ground. Do some work in the kingdom. So what Jeremiah was articulating to these people was, was this. I know you're in the middle of Babylon, but this changes nothing. I'm prophesying to somebody on this podcast right now. You might be listening, feeling like all hope is lost for you and God's preferred picture of your future. But I want to tell you something. This experience that we've had over the last two years changes nothing. It should elevate you. It should elevate your faith. It should challenge you to go from one dimension of faith to another dimension of faith. We should have all grown in our comprehension and understanding of who God is and what God is speaking and what God is doing as it relates to who he's called us to be in this culture and in this generation. God said, God is saying, I'm still going to do exactly what I said I was going to do. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but, 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 understand you might be in the middle of Babylon but it changes nothing and somebody who believes this wherever you are you just got to say to yourself nothing changes if God gave you a vision for it it's your responsibility to continue to pursue it so if the business revenue declines you've got to stand up and look yourself in the mirror and say this changes nothing if people who were supposed to be there for you all of a sudden start walking out on your walking out of you out of your life and they're, they're leaving you and, and and you don't know where they've gone and and there's no communication you've got to look yourself in the mirror and say hey my circle's changing but this changes nothing if you feel like instead of experiencing a come up you're experiencing setbacks you've got to stand up look in the mirror and say this doesn't change anything the expression may change Understand this now, the expression may change, but the outcome will not. The way I take you there may change, but where I'm taking you won't. The timetable may change, but you will still be right on time because he's an on-time God. He may not come when you want him. Come on, you remember that old song? But he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Did you hear what I said? In January 2020, you know, some pastors start, started talking about, you know, 2020 vision and all that stuff. I don't get into all that cliche. I, you know, I get in that secret place and I just, you know, let God reveal something prophetically to me that, that will kind of uh, uh, lead us into a brand new season as we get into a new year. But I'm not getting into all those cliches just because it's 2020. We've got to go with 2020 vision. I'm not an optometrist. I don't, you know, I don't get into all that stuff. But, you know, we, we, we started talking about greater levels and greater victories and overcoming. And I'm telling you, in the middle of a, of a global health pandemic, Nothing changes. God says, I know the plans, the plans, the purpose, the vision, the perspective, the pursuit 
of God's preferred future for your tomorrow. So God is saying he has a picture of your preferred future that will not be altered by your current reality. I'm going to say that again. You might have to pull out, pull off the side of the street. If you're driving, you need to write it down. God's giving it to you right now through this podcast. He is saying he has a picture of your preferred future that will not be altered by your current reality. Get this. He hasn't changed his plan because you might be surprised by Babylon. God's not surprised by any of it. So when I set my plans in place for your life, God is saying, I considered Babylon. And God is saying, when I told you what I would do in your life, through your life, and for you in your life, I already considered Babylon. Do you not think that God considered what was happening to us in this nation and around the world over the past two years? It's already built into God's plan for your life and my life. We, we didn't see it coming, but God did. He's the only one that knows your tomorrow because he's the only one that holds tomorrow. So the reason that God can say this changes nothing is because before he told you something, he knew Babylon would be included in your something. So even though it was something that you didn't see, it didn't mean that it wasn't something that God didn't already factor into the equation of his plans for your life. And, and, and you might be surprised by this, but God isn't surprised by any of it. And God knows how to get you through. God knows how to get you over. God knows how to, how to get you around whatever your Babylon looks like. For some of us, it's fear. For some people, it's fear. Some people, it's doubt. Some people, they have absolutely no idea what God is doing right now. And I need somebody right now, wherever you're listening from, to say, I'm still going to get there. If you're listening to this podcast with somebody, just look at him and say, we're still going to get there. Because he has factored Babylon into his plans for your life. He says, I have a vision. So what's that? A vision is a picture of a preferred future, God's preferred future for your life. So are you going to allow the calamity of Babylon? Are you going to allow Washington, D.C.? <laughs> are you going to allow Congress? Are you going to allow the people who speak into your life who have absolutely no influence on your future to stop you from chasing God's plan for your future. So the question is not, can your Babylon stop you? The question is, will your Babylon cause you to stop? The question is not, can Babylon stop you? The question is, will Babylon cause you to stop? The question is not, can COVID stop you? The question is, will COVID cause you to stop? The question is not, can Washington, D.C. stop you? The question is, will Washington, D.C. cause you to stop? So what is it that you've stopped because things around you have stopped? What did you stop building? What did you stop planning over the past two years? What did you stop believing last year? All because things around you stopped. You've got to understand that Babylon cannot stop you. But Babylon can cause you 
to stop. And there's a word I'm saying to describe people who will not allow Babylon to stop them. There's a word to describe people who, who say, when God gives me a dream, I won't allow unexpected inconveniences to stop me from chasing the dream that God gave me. I've talked uh, about this before in my, in my messages to our church body. And, and it's, it's, it's called, we're in a series right now on faith. And really, when you, when you look at faith, you, you, you've got to look at getting out of the boat and walking out on water which means you've got to get out and walk on some word right now. And and, in this season, we need to learn how to do this. We need to learn how to get a word from God and step out in faith and walk on that word. You need to learn how to become a dream chaser again. You need to learn how to get a word from God and step out in faith on that word and stop looking to everything externally to try to convince you or not convince you to step out on the word that God's given you. I'm in the middle of a pandemic, but you tell everybody around you, I'm still chasing something. I'm in the middle of a difficult season with tears in my eyes, but I'm still chasing something. And life doesn't make sense right now, but I'm still going in after something. And I want to know if there's anybody listening right now who says, I'm a dream chaser. Babylon's not going to stop you, but Babylon can make you stop. Because when I say chase, I mean pursue. Because understand, God's promises must be pursued. It, it, it's, it's, it's a matter of kings to search out a matter. It's a matter of kings to go after and discover. When God gives you a vision, it's your responsibility and my responsibility to say, what is it that I've got to do to uncover and unlock the thing that God is speaking to me? where you feel that spiritual baby just jumping and, and, and about to, to give birth in your spiritual womb. It's the thing that you wake up every single day and you can't stop thinking about. It's the thing that you focus on all day. And when you go to bed, you're trying to think about how am I going to make it happen? How am I going to make it better? You see, those things aren't earned through effort. They are pursued by faith. Then you've got to learn to work your faith. And the willingness to pursue is an indication that I believe that it belongs to me in spite of everything that I see externally. My pursuit is not my attempt to earn. My pursuit is an expression of my faith. That's why when you get a vision or or a dream in an area that God has given you influence in, not all people can run with it. Because they don't need the faith for what you need the faith for. That's why when you get a dream sometimes or God begins to release some things into your life, sometimes you'll lose people. Sometimes people who you've been running with for a really long time will look at you and say, you know what, I can't run with you anymore. And that's okay. Your circle is going to change when God gives you dreams. Your circle is going to change when God gives you faith to walk out on word that he gave specifically to you. And I'll tell you, sometimes when God gives you a word, you step out in faith all by yourself. And if you're a people person, then you're somebody who always wants to have people around you. You want people to identify and agree with everything that you do. You you know, you want people to, to come along and support you. But listen, sometimes there are just some things that God says to you about you for your future that some people just can't run with. And my pursuit is my attempt to possess what I believe God has already given me. It's been given by grace, but it's chased by faith. Come on, somebody. It's been given by grace, but it's chased and pursued by faith. The chase is your faith running after what he promised. My God, somebody needs to get that. The chase is your faith running after what God promised you. And I have to ask you, has Babylon 
cut off the feet of your faith? Has this pandemic cut off the feet of your faith? Have the past two years put you in a place to where it has become difficult for you to pursue your faith and trust in God? Has, has, has Babylon stopped the projection of your dreams? When you sit there and you listen to the president of the United States speak, are you giving him authority to give you permission to pursue a future that God's told you to go after? Or are you hearing what's coming from Washington, D.C., and you say, in spite of it all, I'm going after everything that God has spoken to me? Because faith is expressed in the pursuit. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, at Christmas, if I tell you I have a gift under the Christmas tree for you, you know, I don't really like the whole Christmas tree, you know, paganistic aspect of things. I think we put a lot of a lot of perspective on the tree, and we need to put a lot of perspective on the one that died on the tree, and I think we need to get that right in our culture so we can begin to put things back in order. But if I tell you I've got a gift for you under, under the Christmas tree, you didn't earn that gift. You didn't work for it. It's not works righteousness. It's a gift under the tree, not because of who you are, but because of who I am. But when you get in your car and you come to the house to pick it up, it's because you've got the word that it was yours. If I said, I have a, I have a gift for you, come and get it. You're going to drive to my house to get it because you believe the word enough that I said to get in the car to go to possess what had already been promised to you. So I want to know, I want you to know in this moment right now, that when God gives you a word, faith gets in the car to go and pick it up. And I want to know, what are you doing? I'm running after what God says is waiting on me because I'm a dream chaser. Babylon isn't going to stop me. Babylon can cause me to stop though. Babylon can't stop me, but Babylon can cause you to stop. And I believe that this is a word that's going to come and, and grab a hold of some of you because you were getting ready to die in Babylon. I know we're coming to the end of, of, of the second year of this, of, of this situation around the country and, and throughout the world, but I want somebody to know you can make the enemy upset right now and you can say, it's not taking me out. I can't speak for anybody else, but it's not taking me out. I'm not going to die here. I won't give up here. I won't give the enemy the pleasure of seeing me miss what God has for me because I am chasing God's dream for my life. And I am telling everybody listening to this podcast, it's time to dream again. Every promise, every vision, every purpose, you've got to go on the hunt. I'm going to run until I get a hold of it. Somebody say, I'm on the way. Come on, tell somebody in, around you, I'm on the way. Because if you, if you really believe that you are on your way, you just got to go ahead and give God praise in advance of you getting what God told you to dream for. The, the vision that God's given you, just go ahead and praise him for the vision because now he's going to give you a plan. And listen, one thing I've learned about God is every time he gives you a vision, he doesn't give you the full blueprint. He'll give you incremental steps in your pursuit to chasing that dream, to chasing after that vision. You see, a dream chaser is an individual who lives life intentionally and passionately, pursuing God's plans for them and not the plan for themselves. Because Babylon was not in our plans, but watch now. Listen, chasing the dream isn't just about chasing God's dream, 
but it's about doing something. It's about becoming someone because most people don't catch their dream because they don't become the kind of person that catches them. They try to emulate the things that people do without becoming the kind of person that can actually walk in its fulfillment. I'm not chasing to chase, I'm chasing to catch. But only a certain type of person is able to catch those dreams. And maybe God uses Babylon as a cocoon. Let's just, let's just you know, ponder this possibility. Maybe God uses Babylon as a, cocoon, as a cocoon to develop you into the kind of person that when you come out, you can catch things in the air with your wings that you could not catch on the ground crawling like a caterpillar. Like a butterfly, you're able to reach places and catch things that you couldn't catch on the ground in your previous condition. Condition. What if your Babylon is your cocoon? What if this pandemic or plandemic, however you want to label it, I label it plandemic, but what if this situation we've been experiencing over the past two years has been our cocoon and maybe if God lets you out of Babylon too soon you come out deficient or with only one wing what if he lets you out too soon and you come out deficient because you can get free but not get better you got free from a cocoon but if you don't get your wings you still can't fly so you're free and stuck at the same time and I think God is speaking to his church right, right now. I think he's been speaking over the past two years. I think there's a lot of people that have closed their ears off to what God's been speaking, but he's been saying something loud and clear. And it is that religion does not work. Religion does not change anything. Too many people have just been going through the motions of going to church instead of getting the faith that activates you to be the church. Way too many people have been sitting, like I said before, in their spiritual lazy boys, just throwing their hands up in the air every time something happens and says, well, God's in control. No, God's given you a dream. We're his vessels in the earth. If anything in the earth is going to change, it's going to come through you and I. Therefore, you and I are in control of what changes and what happens. Because if God was in control of everything that happens in the earth, it would have been fixed by lunchtime today. He said, I've given you authority. I've given you the keys of the kingdom. I've given you all power. He said, I've got to get out of here and go sit back at the right hand of the father. So greater work shall you do. Everything that is associated to your dream changes and impacts the culture. They say that a butterfly's wings can change the, the, the winds all over the earth as a butterfly flaps its wings. If a butterfly can impact weather patterns, how much can your dream and the fulfillment of that dream change the future on earth? So you've got to develop sight. And listen, folks, one of the greatest gifts God gives you when you get saved is clarity. I'm talking about the eyes of your heart. They give you vision. And we need to clarify on what dream you're supposed to go after, okay? Because if not, you'll spend the majority of your life or a large chunk of it chasing a dream that you never catch and then get the revelation you've been chasing the wrong one the whole time. You need clarity on who gave you the dream you're chasing. So did it come from others? Did it come from God? Or is this something that I constructed? Because some people might start running before you look, but... You've got to look before you run. 
And when it's someone else's dream for your life, they have constructed a conclusion about your future based on an assessment of your present condition. So they look at what you're doing today to determine what you'll be able to do tomorrow. It's a projection of their conclusion based on your talent, based on your gifting or their preferences. See, God is not the only one that has plans for your life. Other people in your circle do too. That's why when you get a word from God and you step out on faith, there may be some people that walk away from you because they're not doing what they think you should be doing. And it's not your responsibility to live out the dreams everybody else wants to live out through you. That dream has to be rejected. So another area is what we see for ourselves. You know, in high school, I saw myself as a baseball player. I think, I think most athletes in high school who, who have a dream to be a professional athlete, they, they get, you know, they get that professional itch, that college itch as they get into their junior and senior year of high school. And I played a little bit of baseball in college, but I remember sitting in my living room at home with, with, with a scout and, and who, was, who was giving out my information to universities all over the nation. And some of them today, as I look at them, they've got incredible, incredible baseball programs, just phenomenal. But in high school, I saw myself as a baseball player. And I remember sitting in that living room and listening to this scout share with me some things. And I sat there and thought to myself, what if I sit in triple A, double A, single A my entire life? What if I never make it to the major leagues? What if I get injury, an injury that stops and ends my career? All of these what ifs begin to play out in my life. So I had the ability. I certainly had the interest and the passion. I had the diligence, the opportunities to do it. But there was a check in my spirit. See, in college, I saw myself as a musician. That's actually before I went into theology uh, to get my theology degree uh, in Bible school and went on to get my, my, uh, my master's in, in, in leadership. In college, when I first started, I saw myself as a musician. And I was playing throughout the Southeast. We would travel and do different things. I got the opportunity to play in, in some governor's mansions. And, and uh, I played the, the, the national anthem for, for professional baseball teams. Um, I've, done, I've, I've played in Europe. I played in Germany, Austria, Italy, Switzerland, France. I played all throughout Europe. It, it, it was an incredible season. And even as I look at that, when you get clarity on the origins of the dream, it's either mine or it's God's. Other people's dreams for you have to be rejected. Your dreams for yourself sometimes have to be surrendered. And oftentimes those dreams can become your Isaac. Where God doesn't exist to fulfill your dreams for you, you exist to fulfill his dreams for you. And I, I remember years ago, I, I told my dad and I, my, my, my parents, my, my dad and my mom, and I told God, I said, I am never going into full-time ministry. Understand, I grew up as a preacher's kid, a PK. I grew up as a preacher's kid. And there are things that I saw, things that I heard, ways in which people would treat my family, treat my parents, um, all of the, the, you know, the good and the bad that goes into ministry. And I said, you know what? If, if that's what it means to serve God full-time in ministry, I don't want that. So I told God, sitting behind the desk, I worked at a bank for about seven and a half years doing uh, awesome things. We started our family when I was working there. My wife was working for a, uh, a private medical practice, and we were doing great. And I told God, sitting at that desk at that bank, I will never go into full-time ministry. 
And don't you know, when you start telling God no, because what happens is you start hearing with your spiritual ears, God pulling you into ministry. And then you start talking back in the natural saying, it's not going to happen. But let me tell you something. God's plans are greater than your plans. And I'm not saying you have to give up everything, but if you're going to be a chaser of God's dream for you, there will be things you have to surrender. I didn't like what I saw growing up as a PK in some situations and circles. But I had to crucify that. God had to heal my heart towards Christians and towards the church so that God could then bring me into a place to where I could be a shepherd over a church body, to where I could help people grow in their faith, where I could, I, I could pray over people and, and we could agree that signs and wonders and miracles and manifestations of the Spirit of God would begin to happen and help usher in the miraculous. But see, when it's God's dream, you don't have it, but it still has you. When my dad called me back in 2004 and said, son, we need a worship leader here at the church. Would you and, and CO pray about coming up to Vermont? I immediately said, no, I'm not leaving Orlando, Florida, entertainment capital of, the, of America to go to Vermont where there's more cows than people. I was like, you got to be kidding me. And so I'm sitting there telling my father this. And, and don't you know that as the weeks began to go by, God started pounding on the door of my heart. So we ended up packing up the house to make a long story short, coming to Vermont, leading worship here. But then it wasn't my season. Two years went by. God started pulling on my heart to go back to Orlando, Florida. We went back to Florida. I was on staff with a local pastor in Orlando, began to see some things and learn some things and experience some things that God needed me to experience to go through before we could pioneer a church. We pioneered a church, pastored that church for six and a half years. God then picked us up, brought us right back here to Vermont for this season, for this time. We transitioned, began to do a lot of different changes in the church. Ministry started taking off. 2019, everything was great. Here comes 2020. God, what are you doing? You gave me a dream. You gave me a vision. And now you're telling me it's got to be put on hold. Listen, when it's your dream, you don't want to let it go. But when it's God's dream, it won't let you go. This pandemic changes nothing. It has changed nothing. If anything, it's taught me to trust God in my faith more so than any other season I've ever walked through. This is why Jeremiah said, he said, I said to myself, I will make no more mention of his name. I will not speak. But his word was within me like a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I know you listening, you've got something that God has spoken to you and it's just like that fire shut up in your bones. He said, I was done and it was over, but it would not let me go. See, this is how I know if it's mine or God's. One is a dream I have. The other is a dream that has me. When I got asked to come up and pastor this church in Vermont back in 2016, I no longer had that dream. It had me. I had other moments and other opportunities where I could have stepped into a church with tens of thousands of people in it to grow, to be comfortable. I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, all kinds of things were coming at me to test the word that I had just gotten. And for some of you, it's got you. That word's got you. That dream's got you. And the dream has to have you more than your Babylon. I've got to develop my sight. And in this moment for you and for the sphere that God's put you in, I am praying for unquestionable clarity for you. 
We've got to get to the point to where we just say, God, open my eyes, where you don't want to chase another person's dream for you. I don't want to chase my dream for myself. I want to go after what God has for me. And I say, God, open my eyes. And you may not like what you're chasing, but you will be so happy when you catch it. See, people going after dreams also need stamina to chase until they catch it. And I know the greatest move of God is about to hit this nation and, and hit your, your, your dream and your vision. And we've come this far, but I know we haven't hit it yet. But do you have the stamina to keep on running? Because Jeremiah got to a season where he was tired. And all of us feel like certain things should have happened by now. We all feel like certain things have, should have already taken place over the last 24 months. And when Jeremiah was complaining about the length of the pursuit, God tells him this in Jeremiah 12, 5. He says, if you have run with footmen and they've tired you out, then how can you compete with horses? If you fall down in a land of peace, how will you do in the thicket of the Jordan? In other words, promotion changes your pace. Because if you are worn out right now, just because of what's happened over the last two years, you are not prepared for the next level. You are asking God for. And maybe he's letting you stay in Babylon longer than you'd like because he's not just giving you wings, he's giving you stamina. Because the only way you can develop endurance is to stretch your ability to endure. So maybe God is developing your acceleration. He's challenging your speed. Because once you have been out of Babylon for a while, you're like Jonah getting out of that whale. God said, go to Nineveh. And you're like, yes, sir. Listen to me. Once Jonah got out of that whale's belly, he went straight to Nineveh. Before he was like, God, why do I have to do this? I don't want to listen to you, God. This isn't where I want to go. See, so you hit a season where God doesn't have time to talk you into obedience. You hit a place in your life where God has to make quick pivots and transitions with you. Because if you don't pivot quickly, you will miss a window that's going to quickly close if God doesn't intervene. So sometimes, come on church, God has you all wrapped up to teach you speed and endurance. So when God says, change it, change it. When God says, get more discipline on it, it happens immediately because you hit a season where God can't spend the time trying to talk you into obedience. That's why in Matthew 4 20, I got to look at this right here in the scripture. You got to hear this verse, Matthew 4 20. It says immediately they left their nets and followed him. I love it. When, when, when you ask Christians about a word that they got from God, and I'll ask them and say, what are you going to do about it? And they say, well, well, I'm going to pray about it first. Okay, well, you know God just gave you the word. You just told me that. And now you're going to pray about it? It's like, it's like when you ask someone to serve in church in, in, in a certain place or a certain ministry. And they say, well, I'm going to pray about it. As a pastor, usually you know that answer is no. Anytime somebody says, well, let me pray about it, pastor. I want to look at him and say, okay, I know that means no. Matthew 4, 20, Jesus calls him and he says, immediately they left their nets and followed him. They didn't have to pray about it for two weeks and get back to him. Listen, you must be a quick net dropper if you're going to be a real chaser of your dreams. And some people cannot catch their dreams because they refuse to drop their net. I'm telling somebody listening to this podcast right now, it's time for you to drop your net. How long will you mourn over that which God has rejected. Go over to Jesse's house quickly, he says, because I've got another one. See, the people in Jeremiah's text dealt with discouragement and defeat, and Jesus dealt with death, but he still didn't let death stop him from chasing his dream to see you set free. You might feel defeated and stuck in Babylon, but it's about to change. And I want to tell you something right now. 
God's plan, God's preferred future for your life is greater than anything that you are experiencing right now. It's anything greater than what we've experienced in generations past. Don't look at the past two years and say, I don't have a dream anymore. I don't have a vision anymore. It's time for you right now to redevelop a strategy to see God's preferred future for your life come to pass. It is time for you to grab hold of your future, of God's preferred future for your life and start dreaming again. Now's the time. It's time to drop your net. It's time it, it, It's time to step out of that boat and step out on words. Step out on that water of faith and say, yes, God, I receive that word. And I am going to see your preferred future for my life come to pass. Listen, I love you. You are shatterproof. God has given you everything that you need to have to sustain his calling, his purpose, to sustain his future in your life. Step out on that word and walk out into God's preferred future for your your, your tomorrow. It's going to be incredible. We have seen nothing like what we're about to see. I love you. Connect with me on social media. Share this podcast with somebody if it's a blessing to you. I thank you for your love, for your support, for your prayer. God is going to do something incredible in your life. Get ready, be prepared because it's on the way. I'll see you on another episode of Shatterproof.